For those that may be listening for the first time, our podcast is an offshoot from our main platform, YouTube. Our channel is called Coffee and Bible Time, where our goal is to help people delight in God's word. We also have a website and storefront with Bible studies, prayer journals, courses, and more. I'm Mentor Mama, and today we are going to be learning about God through the gift of motherhood. Now, as many of us know, being a mother is a hard job, one that can make us feel unseen and uncelebrated as we go about our daily mom tasks of serving and cleaning and caring and guiding and so much more. It's no doubt a challenging call by God. So here to encourage both new and seasoned moms is Laura Booz, author of the book, Expect Something Beautiful, Finding God's Good Gifts in Motherhood. Laura wants to share with us that behind all of the giving that mothers do is the receiving of something very special, a profound growth in God that is cultivated through motherhood's everyday ups and downs. Laura Booz is a writer and teacher who encourages women to love God, think biblically, and live vibrantly. She'll cheer you on, share practical ideas, and point out the beautiful ways God is working in your life. Laura contributes to her local church and a variety of Christian ministries, including Revive Our Hearts, True Girl, and Courage and Covenant Eyes. She and her husband, Ryan, and their six children make their home in Pennsylvania. Please welcome Laura. Hi, Ellen. This is fun to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to have you, Laura. You know, as a fellow mom of only half as many kids as you have, um, it's just such a, a joy to have you here and, and talk about, I think, one of the most beautiful but hardest jobs there are. You know, I, I actually love how you stated that your goal of this book was not to promote your own parenting preferences, but rather to consider biblical truths that apply to every mom and every child in every circumstance. Such a joy. How about if we just start out by you telling us a little bit about what you consider the essential gifts of motherhood? What are they and why does every mom need them? Mm. Well, um, what a calling it is, uh, something that God alone puts into our hands and establishes the work for us to do. So I think the essential gifts, you know, if you can imagine yourself at a baby shower and you're wanting to make sure that that new mama gets the essentials, like she needs the diapers and uh, that's about it, right? Uh, a bottle and formula. And those are the essentials. And if she can just have those, she can care for her baby. And then the other things are extra, right? Well, there are essentials, I think, for a mother. And they are all found in the Lord. They're all found in the gifts that he's given to help us to not just survive, but to thrive. So the essentials are um, his word, the essentials are even and especially in these days and years and seasons of motherhood of finding some way to let his word pay attention to our soul. Um, we are paying attention to so many things in so many directions and to realize that his word is there to be our bread and our water and our surgeon and our balm. <laughs> um, that it's so essential that we have his word in some way infusing into our life on a regular basis and walking closely with his spirit, you know, having a fellowship with the spirit all through the day so that we, he can bear our burdens. He can cheer us along. He can hear our, our greatest joys and pleasures and share in those with us. Um, we can remember his character. He can guide us and remind us of Christ through the day. That is essential for every mom. Uh, and there are some others, but those two come to mind. Of course, a reliance on our salvation through Christ. So that even on those days when we are works-based <laughs> and our to-do list is full of good works, uh, we are remembering and we're finding our peace in the fact 
that our salvation is in Christ alone and he's got us and nothing will snatch us out of his hand. How, how he loves us, no matter if we get one thing on that list done or not, our salvation is through Christ and in Christ that's so essential. So I want to make sure that each one of us comes back to those essential gifts over and over again, because we forget so easily, you know, it can be one thing to like agree on day one and then day three or four comes along and I've forgotten altogether. So um, to have them at the ready, have them as like pillars in my life, in my friend group, in my family, in my church to make sure that I don't forget um, and that you don't forget is so important. Yes, I absolutely agree. You know, all of those that you mentioned, his word, thinking about Jesus as the bread of life. It's just, um, yeah, the nourishment that we need day in and day out and clearly uh, is essential. And especially for any of those that you are out there listening that are moms, I think it's really important to consider what Laura just said. Like we do need to step back and remember these essentials of um, of our Christian faith and how it impacts our motherhood. Let's talk about. Um, you say there are seven. Excuse me. You talk about seven different ways that a woman can enjoy her relationship with Jesus and live in the light of his word, even when she's busy and distracted and tired. That's just so easy to do when so many things are juggling for your time and space. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, probably in the book, I did list seven. Um, but right now, one that's coming to mind that has been so helpful to me. Do you mind if I just talk about one oh, special please, one, Ellen? Yes. Okay. One special one that any listener can walk away from and pull into your life, no matter what season of motherhood you're in, is uh, the ability to listen to or sing scripture. So God designed music to be this amazing mechanism that works perfectly with the human brain just perfectly. And scientists are still discovering this amazing design that it helps the human brain to synthesize complex information and to remember things in a way that the human brain doesn't remember anything else. Music has this wonderful special way of helping us to to process and feel things that in our everyday life, we don't have the capacity to do. And singing with others, for example, with our children, releases chemicals in our body that causes unity amongst whoever's singing together. So think about that at a sporting event, thinking about, think about that in your congregation, when you're all lifting your voices and singing to the Lord and think about it when you're in your rocking chair with your child or your grandchild, and you're singing with them, God has designed your body to release chemicals that would unify you in the Lord. It's amazing. So when you have one scripture song, and it can be from the ministry uh, Songs for Saplings or, or Seeds Family Worship or one of the Shane and Shane Psalms albums, or you can make it up yourself. One verse set to music, <clears throat> even in your busiest days when, you know, you can hardly think of a thing. You can put a post-it note right by the changing table, right by the kitchen sink, right by your car, right by your phone with the words to that song and little music note. And hopefully that will bring it to mind and you can sing that scripture and it will be on a sunshiny day, but it will also come and minister to you in the deep, hard times of life. Um, I actually have a story that goes along with that. If it would encourage anyone, can I share it? Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, one of the songs I remember it was when I was a young mom and I just had my two little girls and I was pregnant with our third and um, we had discovered songs for saplings and we were listening to the songs and singing in the kitchen. And one of the songs is he is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. And we would sing it and dance to it. And uh, it was wonderful song. Well, um, there was a sad turn of events in my life when we went to the 20 week ultrasound for that little baby. And we discovered that that, our little baby had passed away. 
And as you can imagine, in that moment, there were so many thoughts and shock and dismay that flooded my heart and my mind. But in that moment, that song was the loudest thought in my mind. It came through like a locomotive. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. The song itself just playing over and over. And it played in my mind from the moment of the bad news through labor and delivery through the grieving and mourning, week after week, as we adjusted to life without Juliet. Can you imagine just a, a little scripture song that came off of a children's, children's album? The Lord used that little melody to encapsulate these truths about himself, that first he was my rock. And that even though I felt so tossed by this storm in motherhood, I had so many questions, so many doubts. Uh, so many sorrows, he would be there for me to cling to and to land on and grasp, gasp for air. He would be there through the day and through the night, and he would never slip away from under me. God is my rock. And also that reinforcing of there is no unrighteousness in him. Because there I was going through this season of motherhood mm-hmm. and stillbirth felt so evil. Mm-hmm. It felt so unrighteous, so not right. But to be reminded that God did not allow this uh, uh, for any purpose other than his, my good and his glory, that he was not, you know, playing games with my life. He did not, um, he did not have a mistake. He did not have an oversight. This was not something that, you know, uh, he was using as a game. He doesn't play games with our lives. He is righteous and everything he does is righteous. So the truth of that scripture kept me grounded through that entire season of mourning and sorrow until the day when I could wake up and smile and see the sunrise again. And I will never forget the power of that. You know, in that season of life, I did not have time to like study my Bible and do all the journaling and do all the word study that I love to do in other seasons of life. But God used that one scripture song. So Mama, whatever season you're in, I encourage you to pull up scripture songs on your phone or on the CD or make them up yourself and be singing them to the Lord in the day, in the middle of the night, sing over your children, sing with your children and expect God's word to do something. It's his word promises. His word will not return void. He sends it out. And it bears the fruit that he intends it to bear in your life and in your child's life too. Learn what theology is and how to study God within the Bible in course number seven of our in-depth Bible study academy. In this academically built course, you will learn the tools to study God's character and nature within a Bible passage and how to grow closer to God relationally through Bible study. This course titled Theology, Knowing God Through In-Depth Bible Study is packed with teaching lessons, homework, quizzes, and a resource list for personal study. Head to our website, coffeeandbibletime.com, to learn more about the Academy and course number seven today. Use promo code CBT Podcast, that's CBT Podcast, to get 50% off this course right now at coffeeandbibletime.com. Absolutely. You know, that is just. One thing that I absolutely love about your book is what what you've just shared with us here is just one of the really real and practical tips that you give that people can start doing today. Mm-hmm. And um, I know we've had some of those scripture verses too that we've sang with our kids and and you're you're absolutely right. I think they're ministering <laughs> to to us Always. parents just as much as it is for the kids. So listeners, check those out. Well, Laura, can you speak to the woman who feels like she's just lost a bit of herself in motherhood and is wondering, does anybody see me? Does anybody care? 
Mm -hmm. I sure can because I have felt that way. And I think every mom friend that I have has felt that way too. So you are very normal (laughs) if you feel that way. And um, so part of me wants to make it all right for you. Part of me wants to make everything better and say like, oh, you know, just um, you're not always going to feel that way and carve out time for yourself and make sure that you can uh, you know, be restoring the, the wellspring and you should, (laughs) let's talk about that because you do need to be resting and recovering and finding joy in the life that God has given you. But sometimes I think that it's also helpful to realize that if you're feeling like you are losing yourself, that's the plan. (laughs) Like the plan for all of us as Christians is that we would lose ourselves in Christ. You know, like it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. The life I live in the body is Christ living in me. So in a way, perhaps surrendering it to the Lord and saying, what good can you do with this surrender, Lord? Like I'm giving up my life for my kids around the clock, my energy, my time, my affection, There are hobbies I used to have, you know, now they use my paintbrushes. Now my kids use my paintbrushes. Now my kids scribble all over my journals. Now my kids have my running shoes, whatever it may be um, to say like, Lord, okay, where are the boundaries that I need to set for that other conversation that we need to have? But also, Lord, these things that I'm giving up, can you show me how you are ridding me of myself, blessedly ridding me of myself? and forming Christ in me instead. So if you ask him and you reflect, I think you're going to see that he has been at work in you. I think you're going to see that he has been um, encouraging you towards more patience and endurance. I think you might see that maybe like the amount of control issues you had in the beginning of motherhood maybe have been like chiseled down a little bit as you had to surrender, right? Well, he's forming Christ in you, which is the hope of glory. So instead of seeing just the dying side of the seed, so, okay, another metaphor here, picture a little seed going down into the ground And if you haven't seen a seed germination video lately, you have to pull up a time-lapse seed germination video on YouTube and watch it today. (laughs) So you see this little cute, little tiny little seed and it goes down into the soil. And what you see happen to this seed is that it like swells and puckers, its skin gets all, you know, dimply. And then that seed bursts open. And sometimes as moms, we feel that. Lots of times as moms, we feel that it feels that we feel the dying, we feel the giving up, we feel the swelling and the cracking. And, um, but then keep watching that time-lapse video because out of that surrender, this amazing green sprout comes up and bursts through the soil up towards the sun. The roots go down deep. Suddenly there's leaves and beans growing off of this plant, producing multiples of seeds where that one little seed used to be. Now, you would never see this beautiful bean plant producing all these beans and go down and dig and try to find that original little neat little seed. You wouldn't because it wouldn't be there. And nor would you demand that that bean plant go back and fit into that tiny little seed again, right? So why do we do that to ourselves? Why after all of the sacrificing and giving and growing and organic evolving that we do in motherhood, do we demand of ourselves? We look at ourselves in the mirror and we think, why can't I be back to where I was? The the linear conversations and, you know, things neat and tidy and my hair, my skin, like what is going on? But listen, look at the fruit and the life that God is producing from your surrender. And I think you might be encouraged. Oh, yes, you, you most certainly will. You know, my kids are 26, 24, and almost 22. And, you know, I look back from when I first became a mom to where I am now. And I'm just blown away at how God used all of those challenges and good times and bad times, 
all of those to help mold me and shape me and grow to be more like him. It's mm. just, it is an amazing process that you, I think a lot of moms maybe don't think about um, that, that that's going on uh, during that time. Fred, I love your, your analogy there to the seed. Mm. I think it is a secret to happy motherhood. And I can see it in you, Ellen, like it. So at any point along motherhood's journey, if any mom can stop and appreciate what God is doing, I think it stirs up a happiness and an appreciation and the joy in the Lord that otherwise we miss out on, you know, so at any point, if you can hear what Ellen's saying now where she is in motherhood and where I am, my oldest is 17, my youngest is three, if at any point along the way you can start appreciating the work that God is doing and in good times and bad times on your best day and on your worst day. I think that that it's a major secret of happy motherhood. Mm -hmm, For sure. Moms are amongst the most self-sacrificial people on the planet. Is self-sacrifice the epitome of motherhood, do you think? Or is there something more they can look forward to? Yes, moms are, I love moms, (laughs) such amazing people and, and all women with maternal hearts, like the maternal heart is just so, so beautiful. Um, but it's not the end all be all. I don't think that it is like the greatest thing to think like that's the end game. Uh, sometimes the tide, I think it's tide commercials during the Olympics, Uh, the athletes get on and they, and there's like, they make you cry every time. So they, the athlete comes on and they say, they reflect over their years of being an athlete and how their mom was there, like washing all their sweaty gear and getting them to the games and feeding them well. And, you know, then they say, thank you, mom. And it just makes you cry because she does, oh, gave her whole life for this child. And it's wonderful to see her appreciated. Um, And so it seems as if that self-sacrifice is the end game but it's not. Jesus said it's not the end game. So just like uh, I was talking about with the seed, if the end game was like the giving up of oneself, then the end game for the seed would be just going into the soil. Yay, seed, you did your job, the end. But no, the end game isn't Uh, It's there is no end game because the point then this whole point of self-sacrifice is the life that comes from it, the life that bursts forth and the growth that happens from it. So um, I think it's so important for moms to remember and to remind each other, especially in our friend groups, you know, where we can be our most vulnerable selves. That's the best. But to always know, I know this conversation is coming back around to looking for the growth, looking for what God is up to, thanking God for the glimpses of life and grace and provision that we do see even in our surrender. Yeah. So, yeah. Absolutely. And almost now for me coming around sort of, you know, the tail end when the kids are moving out you know, and your time does start to free up. And it's, it is like a whole nother building upon the layers of the self-sacrifice actually when getting to this stage now makes me feel like, wow, I want to give somewhere else now that they're, you know, Mm -hmm. not around to be able to pour into as much. What else does God have in store for me now, you know, as a mentor Mm -hmm. or, or who, Mm -hmm. whatever that could be. Well, well, I think that's encouraging what you just said, Ellen, because I think we worry and fret when our kids are home that I should be doing the what else now (laughs) when um, maybe, but maybe this time in our life of really it's taking, it takes all I got for the most part (laughs) to, to raise and love these children in my home. But if that's building the muscle and you know, and I'm practicing, then in the right time in that season, I can trust the Lord to provide the, okay, what else? What next? You know, I've been practicing and I've been using this muscle and uh, I've been learning and growing so that, you know, I am ready 
to do the next thing instead of cramming it all in. I think we feel pressure to like, I got to do all the ministry work right now. (laughs) Yes. And you know, I'm so glad you said that because it's okay when you're a mom and you're raising your children to, that's what God's called you to do in that season. You don't have to feel like you need to take on 10 other ways of serving because being a mom in and of itself is is a lot of work and what God has called you to do. But yes, coming mm-hmm. out the other side, um, it is kind of fun to look at what new things could be ahead. Mm-hmm. Well, what you talk about um, three things that can steal a mother's joy. Tell us about those and what can a mom do to pursue joy in motherhood? Yes. Oh my goodness. Joy is one of those things we all want it. You know, you see the other mom who is just seeming so happy and joyful and you feel like, how, how did she get to be that way? (laughs) I want that. Um, And at the same time, it's something that we wrestle for. So some things that steal joy in my life, first of all, is um, comparison. You know, that's nothing new. Comparison steals joy. Uh, When I compare myself to other moms, even in my own friend group, you know, we can go, I can go on a play date, be with friends I love who I think are doing an amazing job. I love their children. I love my children being their friends. Like we do the play date and then I get in the van, buckle my kids up. And what's going through my brain is all the ways that I don't measure up, you know, like, I brought the unhealthy snacks this time. And like, I feel so much older than the others. And why were my kids the rude ones? And (laughs) all the stuff, and I'm comparing and comparing and all the joy of that friendship, all the joy of that beautiful day and getting together and fellowship and the highs and the lows and how God provided grace for it all stolen (laughs) because I got wrapped up in comparison. So um, that is one uh, thing that steals my joy. And in those moments, as soon as I recognize it and I ask the Holy Spirit, like, please bring to my attention when I'm starting to spin in that way. As soon as he does, as soon as I recognize it, I try to stop and I try to thank him just to, to start thanking him for all of the gifts. Thank him for my friends. Thank him for how he has made me and how he has made them. Uh, If there are aspects about them that I can grow in, then I want to grow in those areas, right? I can read a book or ask them for advice. Uh, It doesn't always have to be, you know, like I'm fine as me, they're fine as them. Really, sometimes we're given the gift of comparison. And when it's a gift, then we have to be like, okay, that's clearly something that I want. (laughs) So I've got to grow up and do a little learning and growing and be grateful for what I am able to do. You know, maybe I can bring a healthier snack next time. Okay. Um, But if it's something that I can't change, then I need to accept it. Thank God for how he made me and how he made my friend and then move on. So comparison can steal my joy. Um, Another thing that can steal my joy, kind of going on the opposite end of replacing it with gratitude is a spirit of ungratefulness. Uh, I can be on vacation, like beautiful setting, everything wonderful. Like what a luxury to be on vacation with my husband and my children and everyone's healthy and fine. But if maybe I realize there's this day where like, wait a minute, I had to pack all the bags and I'm the one who had to bring all the snacks and I'm the one staying back with the toddler who is napping. And now I'm nursing the baby and I'm missing out on the bike ride. Like all the things that I am ungrateful for start like, and I can be just the worst possible person. And I hate it. I feel like, what is wrong with me? How could I turn into such a monster? And guess who can hear all my complaints is my heavenly father. So as soon as I'm able to recognize what is going on, I bring it before him. He can hear the whole realm of it. He can, he can handle it. And when I finally am able, again, I start to surrender and thank him for what he has given to me. And it changes my whole outlook. So I don't know if this is helpful. Oftentimes I'm doing it just in my head. But um, for me, it is very helpful to keep a regular gratitude journal. 
And I know it can be really hard as a mom to keep any book going, Mm -hmm. (laughs) unless you're like a hardcore journaler. And then you're like, what do you mean? That's not hard at all. But I think for a lot of people, you hear gratitude journal and you're like, I know I have like 15 of them started around the house and the kids took them and I have no idea where they went. Okay. So here's what's helpful to me. I have like, it's actually a really big, heavy book that the kids, the kids just can't take off with it. And I sit it open on my dresser. It stays open and it stays with a pen there and it's mine. And I don't remove it from the dresser and nobody else does. And nobody else writes in it. <laughs> and so almost every morning I try to go over there and write a couple things down. It's a game changer. It's amazing to me how powerful that really is of setting my mind on the gifts God has given instead of having a pity party and getting down on things. Uh, so that is a wonderful exercise in pursuing joy. Oh, absolutely. I love, um, yeah, how you can just turn ungratefulness into gratitude is a huge way of sort of flipping your whole mental state. I know for me personally, like I think when I was younger, a younger mom very early on struggled with anger and Mm -hmm. I'm sure it had its root in some of these things even that you're talking about. And I can remember doing the same thing as just turning it over and praying and asking God to help me in that area. And and he was so faithful um, Mm. and did. So Mm. I think it's, it's a good idea to reflect on is there something stealing my joy what is it and what can i do about it because i think it's probably fair to say most people don't want to live in a state you know that's not joyful so right right i think that motherhood is a great opportunity to understand yourself better Mm -hmm. you know like um one of the things i noticed was helpful to me from the beginning is if i had a big emotion to pause and just ask why, (laughs) like, you know, if I had like a huge spurt of anger to be like, wait, what, what caused that? Or if I was walking around just feeling like guilty, you know, just like that shame and that weight of guilt to pause and say, what started that? And usually it would go back to a really small thing, but it started to help me notice like, what was that trigger that led down this path? I've learned to pay attention to them, but you might be more of a thinker. And if that's the case, you got to pay attention to your thoughts. Like if you notice them all of a sudden, like spinning around a certain topic or trying to dig in there and figure it out and you can't get out of that, you know, little wormhole. Well, as soon as you can pause with the Holy spirit and ask why, And that's something you can do even when you're getting the kids into the van, even when you're doing dishes, even when you're balancing between work and coming home and all that, you can pause in your, in your mind's eye and ask why. And I find that the Holy Spirit is usually so quick to answer and so quick to shed light and give us wisdom when we're seeking it. He promises so in his word, Mm -hmm. you know, call out to me for wisdom, anyone, and I'll give it to him or her. So uh, I find like, it's a, motherhood kind of like, um, you know, what is that? It magnifies, uh, our, our flaws, our sinful habits, our sinful ways that otherwise we could kind of like keep dormant. And all of a sudden we realize like, oh my goodness, I really do have an anger issue. I have a control issue. I, you know, I, I struggle with fear. Well, that is no secret to the Lord. And he would love to walk through that with you and say, okay, let's get some truth from my word to put some footing underneath you. I want you to understand this. I want you to grow. I can give you courage in the face of fear. I can give you surrender on in your most control heavy days, right? He can um, give us peace when we feel most angry. Nothing is impossible for God. And I think motherhood is his opportunity to show us that. Oh, absolutely. And I think that that's what you've just said is especially true, you know, during those difficult seasons of, of motherhood. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that as far as what, what can we expect from God during the storms of motherhood? No, um, his faithfulness. You can expect that 
oh, when we are in Christ, we're in Christ and nothing can snatch us out of our father's hand. So you can expect him to be faithful, to care for you. Uh, one of the key verses of this book and one of the key verses of my life as a mom. And I hope um, you are able to look it up and write it on an index card and treasure this verse yourself is Isaiah 40, verse 11. Let me read it to you. This is about Jesus and you. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. So that image is of a shepherd. And of course, that shepherd is Jesus. And the lambs are our children, or the children we care about, our grandchildren. He's carrying them so close to his heart. They're closer to him than they even are to us. And gently leading those that are with young. That is you and me. And if you think about how a shepherd cares for the mama ewes in his flock, you can look it up. It's amazing. The shepherd will make sure that those mama ewes have the most nutrient-dense food, that they have cool, clear, clean water, that they are having the rest that they need. They're being led to pastures. That shepherd is making sure he is protecting them from injury, from enemy, uh, from being misled, because those mama ewes are giving of their very life to feed those baby lambs. So he has us all so up close to his side. And I think that at any point, on any day, any moment, if just in your mind's eye, you can remember that and just realize, oh, I'm right up close next to my shepherd. And he knows how to guide me. And he knows how to care for my child, even when I do not know what to do. So I can ask Jesus, what are you doing today? How are you? holding my little one close? And how are you leading me? And where are we going? And I believe he will show you. Yes, absolutely. You know, um, what you just, the verse that you just mentioned there talking about um, Jesus's gentle, caring nature and kindness. You know, it's so important for a mom to show these things to her children do you have any other practical steps that a mom could take today to, to enjoy these gifts of kindness and gentleness? Mm. Um, one thing that's helpful to me is I have heard uh, if you are concerned about your output, like you're concerned that you're not being gentle with your children, or you're not being loving towards your children or kind or patient right? When you notice that and you feel like, oh Lord, I want to be, but why do I keep on behaving in this certain way? Why do I keep responding this way? Why do I keep saying these things? What's wrong with me? Well, if you're concerned with your output, consider your input. So that means, are you drawing near to the source of love? Are you letting him remind you of his kindness toward you and his patience with you and his joy over you? And the more that you meditate on that and receive it, that's what strengthens you then and disciples you and mentors you to show that to your children. Now, that can happen in an instant. Of course it can. With God, all things are possible. But it's also something that I believe we learn over time. We draw near to God. He draws near to us, fills us with that living spring, fills us with the fruit of his spirit. We need to be dwelling in the spirit for the, his spirit then to bear that fruit in our lives. That's a day by day by day experience that we see him producing that fruit and growing that fruit. Um, so I think, remember that, you know, when you're consider, considering your output, don't just go down and write like a uh, new resolution for myself, 10 things I will never do again. And then next thing you know, oh, shoot, never mind with that list. Instead, come back to your input and consider 10 things, 10 ways the Lord is keeping these promises and these qualities toward me and toward my child. And that might just be a more effective approach. 
Yes, absolutely. You know, I, I love that reminder of going back to God's word and letting that be an important input. I know recently I've been reading the book of Proverbs and there's all kinds of verses in there that talk about, you know, having your your lips be as sweet as honey and just how important kind words are and Mm. When you're reading those verses, at least for me, I, I'm reading them and saying, oh, I want to be like that. And of course, in Proverbs, they tell you all of the, the foolish ways to behave as well. And you're kind of like, I don't want to be no. like that. But, you know, God help me. But having that reminder mm. of that input, um, mm -hmm. I, I think truly, like you said, is just so critical. And mm -hmm. you've done a beautiful job in your book of using the fruit of the spirit to um, sort of make your your points as you go along in each of the different chapters. Mm -hmm. Well, in your opinion, Laura, what do you think are some of the best things about being a mom? Oh, wow. Uh, the Lord. <laughs> um, that is the best thing about any calling that he calls us to is that he's there with us, his friendship, his faithfulness, seeing his character over time. It is, it's the most amazing thing. Uh, it can cause me to feel, you know, elated and joyful and also like just cry my eyes out at the same time. Um, he is so good and dear to us and what a good friend. So to be able to um, know him better through motherhood is a profound gift. Yeah. But then when it comes to those precious children, so for me personally, um, I just really love our friendship. I'm like, I guess I just love connecting. <laughs> so mm -hmm. that's why I love homeschooling. It just works for me because I really, I just, I, I'm not saying anyway, I'm not tying homeschooling with like the only option for connecting with your kids, but I'm just saying like, it's great for me because it's even more connecting time. <laughs> I just love it. Uh, I love like sitting at the lunch table together and, and the funny kids at the lunch table are my kids. <laughs> hear their jokes. And really like my sense of humor has not progressed past third grade because like, it's just so marvelously there at the lunch table work. You know how kids are like one person will say something funny and then everybody has to be like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like this and everybody's got to try their variation of it. That's yes. what we do at the lunch table oh, <laughs> round and round. Um, but I just love that. I love sharing stories together. I've always loved reading aloud to my children, loving that we're sharing the same characters that we love and, you know, parts of the story that resonate with us, that we cry over, that we laugh at, um, quoting those things afterwards, just that, that whole, like our own little subculture is special. It's a gift. I love snuggling them. I love what their little heads smell like, you know, just, I love their personalities um, really it, it just fills me, fills me up just to consider who God has made them to be and, and that deep desire to want the very best for them and to know that they are in God's hands. It's just wonderful. Yeah, it sure is. Well, what would you say to the mom who's just kind of feeling defeated, you know, and maybe, um, just kind of wants to throw the towel in and walk away from this job of motherhood? What would you say to that person to encourage them? Yeah, well, I certainly have felt that way too. You know, coming right off of all those feelings of elation of motherhood, mm -hmm. I have also felt very empty um, with no positive emotions. <laughs> I have felt like if I could just get in the car and drive away fast, you know, and sometimes like I've just, you know, had to go to the grocery store or something. My husband's home with the kids and I pulled out of the driveway and I just have this impulse to like step on the gas. and be like, uh, Cause like just uh, the sensory overload and the demand and it can just be absolutely overwhelming. And you can feel like the death of the seed. You can feel that. Uh, so I, I know uh, that feeling. And once again, I encourage you first to fall on the Lord, knowing that he is holding you together and he's holding your family 
He's got it. So you can trust him. You can lay on your face and sob it all out. (laughs) Or if you like a punching bag, you can punch it all out and tell him, tell him your complaints and your sorrows and your anger and your grief and all of it. (laughs) And then find a way that you can rest. You know, he, he does give us the gift of Sabbath rest and he wants us to rest. He designed it into the week, seven days. He wants us to rest every seventh day. And sometimes we can't because we're moms and we're still doing that job, but we need to take him seriously that that's important for our existence and for us to thrive and to make it a priority. So however you can, wherever you can pray about it, Talk to your spouse about it. Talk to your friends about it. Say, I've got to rest and recover. I have to sleep. You do have to sleep. I have to, I have to do the things that God has given me that bring me some sense of pleasure and joy. What are those things and how do they fit best in this season of motherhood? So growing in wisdom and discernment about that is a major grow up to do. I feel like there's been different times I've had to be like, okay, I'm a grown woman. (laughs) Lord, how do I manage this right now in this season? You know, how do I be content with my little 15 minutes of rest? Whereas, you know, when I was in my 20, my early 20s, I would have been like, I need a whole like weekend in order to feel recovered. (laughs) And then maybe 23 or 24, I'd be like, well, I just need a whole day. That's all I need now. (laughs) Well, now I'm like, if I can have three minutes alone in the bathroom, (sighs) (laughs) I'm recovered and I'm ready. So we can choose to be content with what we, what God does give us and then um, move forward from that. I don't know if that's helpful or not, but that's what comes to mind. Oh yeah. Those are great (laughs) suggestions. Um, I would, the one additional one that I would add is if it's possible, um, those that are listening to join some type of a mom's group, maybe at your local church. Mm. I know for me, and I've said this on my podcast a number of times, I'm going to be starting my 21st year in our mom's ministry, which stands for making our mothering significant. And it's, it's really with that group of ladies that it's held me accountable to doing some type of a Bible study as much as I can during that season Mm. that you're in. Um, but also a place where you can um, pour your heart out and other people can encourage you and a mentor mom can come alongside you. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, that would just be one more thing that I would suggest is is looking into that um, at, at a local church. I'm so glad you mentioned that because you're right. That is so helpful. I think that would be life-giving. Yeah, yes. Um, the, the last thing I want to talk to you about before we close out is because I just, I loved how you wrote about this in your book. You talk about why our expectations of motherhood are so important. So tell us a little bit about that. What can a woman actually expect from motherhood? Mm. Well, my book is filled with things that I believe you can expect from motherhood. So, but they're, they're things that um, are kind of bigger picture, you know, and they're not things that would be just for one type of woman with a certain personality type, you know, or one social class, but they really are things I believe that are grounded in God's word that we can expect. So things like expect God to listen to you when you pray, think about how significant that is for you in motherhood, that you would know he has his ear turned to you and he is listening and responding to you when you pray, expect to be devastated by sin and comforted by God's mercy. So if you go into motherhood, knowing that's going to (laughs) happen, then when you do discover your sin, you'll know, oh yes, I knew this was going to (laughs) happen. I knew that I would be angrier than ever or have more control issues than ever or whatever it may be. And I am devastated by it. I couldn't anticipate how devastated I would feel now that it's at some precious little person's expense. 
but expect to feel devastated by it. And the and is so important and comforted by God's mercy. Even there in our motherhood sins, you know, that we feel like, oh, I've just ruined my child's life. No, you haven't. <laughs> we feel like our sin can be like so devastating that it's beyond God's, God's ability to ever redeem. You haven't ruined your child's life. His mercy extends and is even more, more powerful, more far-reaching than our sin. So we can expect to be comforted by that on the daily, on the daily. Um, we can expect Jesus to grow something beautiful in us. We really can expect him to be at work, even when we hardly can turn our thoughts to him. You know, we feel like I am in the here and now. He's like, yes, thank you. Um, oh, can I share this, Ellen, yes, before yes, I wrap up? Yes. Because I think it wraps up, it goes along with this. Um, Jesus being so kind um, to be there with us when we have to be so attentive to the here and now. Okay, so you know the um, the parable in Matthew 25. Is it a parable? Yeah, it's a parable. Uh, when Jesus says, at the end of time, I will return in all my glory angels with me. I'll be sitting on my throne and I'll gather the nations before me. So all of the mothers, all of the fathers, the children, all the nations, and he's going to separate them like a shepherd separates sheep from the goats. And he's going to turn to the sheep, his beloved children, those saved through his name. And he's going to say, thank you. He's going to say, come you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you visited me. And the sheep are going to say, when did we do that? And you might say that as a mom, when do I have time to do that? Right? Well, I want you to think about um, that time when you saw your child's face for the first time. Do you remember that moment? Mm -hmm. You're like, oh, it's you. You are welcoming a stranger into your life. And I want you to remember the last time you gave your child something to eat, you were feeding the hungry. And when you filled their sippy cup or filled their glass with water, you were giving the thirsty something to drink. And when you got the donation bin of clothes or you wrangled socks from all over the house and you put things in the washer and you put things in the dryer and you folded that load of laundry, you were clothing the naked. And when you wiped the little sniffles from your child's nose and took a temperature and snuggled them in close when they weren't feeling well, you were visiting the sick. And when you reminded your child of the grace of God through Christ, you were showing a prisoner the open door. And Jesus said, truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So not only is he there with us in motherhood, enabling us to do these things for our beloved children, but he's showing up at our door, at our kitchen table, at the bedside, and he's taking every act of love and service personally. So we might feel like we can't be very mindful of Jesus in this season of motherhood, but he is ever mindful of us. Oh. And that is his faithfulness. Oh, absolutely. Amen. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well said, Laura. Oh, that's just so beautiful. Well, there's just so much more in Laura's book. Listeners, I suggest that you check it out. Expect something beautiful. Laura, um, tell everyone where they can find out more information about you and your book. Oh, well, you're always welcome to visit my website. That's www.lauraboos.com. Um, I do have social media accounts, Instagram and Facebook. I can't remember how to sign into Twitter. So if you see me tweeting things, it's probably not me. Um, I am not very active on social media. I do check for messages now and then um, because I just can't be. Um, yep. I am grateful. <laughs> yeah. I'm so grateful that I was able to write this book 
it was a dream come true. Uh, but I honestly needed the whole worldwide pandemic in order to provide the margin to do it. So now I just have to trust it in the Lord's hands. And most of my time and energy is right back doing the things that I wrote about in the book. <laughs> yeah. And so this, this would be great to do together with a group of moms. Um, oh, yes. You've got good questions in there. And I love how you have suggested songs and other readings. Um, so great. Oh, that would be wonderful. And I would love to know. I love when people tell me that they're reading it or they're reading it in a group that, that just delights me. I love to know you're out there and I pray for you. Oh, thank you so much, Laura. Before we go, I just want to ask you a couple of questions that we ask all of our guests about our favorite Bible study tools. Tell us mm -hmm. kind of uh, what is your go-to Bible and what translation is it? Well, the Bible that I have been using for the past several years, oh, it is um, this one. What is it? It is a single column journaling Bible, ESV. Here it is. Um, I love it. We use the ESV version at our church. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's the one that I typically use. But let me find a, no, well, yeah, here's a clean page. Um, it has room in the, you know, on the sides to journal and to write notes as you're reading. Uh, and I do love that. It's wow. been really fun to be able to just write right there in, in my Bible itself. Yes, so. an excellent translation and plenty of room to write notes. Mm -hmm. All right. Do you have any favorite journaling supplies or anything that you like to use to enhance your Bible study experience? <laughs> well, <laughs> peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Where do you buy that? <laughs> um, I, oh, I usually just take what I can get. So I, I write it in my Bible. I write it in my Bible, post-it note. I write it on a post-it note. I do have a journal. I wish I was just writing yesterday. Oh, I wish I could write more <laughs> because through the day I have these deep desires for my children. And I wish I had time to like take the whole thought and like put it out into words. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, Oh Lord, I wish I could pray that out into words, but I feel like he's fine with me being like, yeah. I pray for Malachi. Like, Lord, you know, all the desires that just flooded my mind. I pray for him. Yes. <laughs> and I give him that whole, the whole journal entry in one sigh. Yeah, <laughs> so that's where I am in motherhood right now. Um, but I don't know if this counts. This does not count as a journal thing, but um, we have been doing the five-day Bible reading program oh. through our women's ministry has been doing it. Mm -hmm. And in order to keep myself accountable, I offered to be the person who's keeping people accountable. <laughs> so we just have a little app and we all just sign in oh. each day saying day one, day two. It is such a great reading program because it's just five days a week and you can catch up on the weekends. And a lot of the readings will coordinate with one another. So there's times, you know, you're reading things about King David's life, and then you read the Psalm that day that he wrote yes. during that season. And then you read something from the New Testament that dovetails beautifully. So that is a thrill to read through and see God's breath through it all. Um, and a lot of times I will just listen to the audio Bible because it's a lot of reading. I wouldn't have time to sit down and actually read all of these passages yes. every day. Mm -hmm. So when I can't do that, I stick my earbuds in and I, I listen to the audio Bible. Um, so oh, those are great that's been suggestions. Yes, mm -hmm. we will definitely put links to that down in our show notes. Um, mm -hmm. Just lastly, what's your favorite app or website for Bible study tools? I think the, the, Bible, the audio Bible that I listen to. I love it. I keep it on my home screen and I think it's just free. It's just the U version. Excellent. That's what I pull up and I just go right to the Bible and pull up my scripture that I want to listen to. Oh, that's a great, great app. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being here today to share with us the special gifts of motherhood and just the practical ways that we can lean upon God's grace and thrive mm. as mothers. It's been such a joy to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. God bless you. 
Thank you. And for our listeners, pick up a copy of Laura's book, Expect Something Beautiful. You can find the link in our show notes. Also, be sure to head over to our blog where you can share your comments with us on this podcast and be put into a drawing to receive a free copy of her book. Lastly, head over to the Coffee and Bible Time website for our prayer journals that will help guide and document your prayer life at coffeeandbibletime.com. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We love you all. Have a blessed day.